All right, come on now. Who's excited to be here this morning? Make a little noise. Excited to be here. I always start out that way. It's always good just to be excited to be in the house of the Lord, right? So we want to welcome you. If it's your first time, first time in a long time, thank you for hanging out with us. We want to welcome everybody online at our Ashland campus as well. We're in part three of this series called Broken Soundtracks. Now, this series obviously is geared to the ladies, but also affects us men as well. And we got a men's series coming up in June, so you don't want to miss that. But today I'm going to talk to you about something that I struggle with personally uh, for a long time in my mind. And it was a broken soundtrack that played over and over and over. If you remember, we talked about records. And when your record gets scratched, some of you don't even know what records are. Just Google it and you can look at what a record looks like, right? For some like, what's a record? It's vintage, right? <laughs> so, so you get one. And if the record was scratched on the record player, it would just skip over and over and over and over and over. And so this series is talking about what are the broken thoughts that plague our minds, that break over and over and over and over. Now, there's thousands, right? We all have so many thoughts that come in our mind. We have so many voices that speak into our life. But what is that one that just keeps, you think is broken, is over and replays itself over and over and over and over? And so that's what this series is about. And hopefully, if you missed any of it, you can go back online and watch it. But today, I'm going to talk to you about a big one that if you haven't struggled with uh, now, you probably did or you are or you will someday. And that is, that is the carrying this thought of guilt or shame over something that you've done. Like what if, you, what if you've confessed your sin, but you still don't feel forgiven? Ever been there before or, or you've confessed it, but you still carry this guilt or this shame with you? Like you still feel guilty or bad of something that happened 20 years ago. The thought that you said, the thought you, you think that well, you said something, you tried something, you've done something, something happened and you still carry this guilt. In fact, you, you know this because you'll get to the point and you'll say, I know God forgives me of all my sins, but I don't know about that one. I, that one still plagues me. That one still haunts me. I wish I could take that back. And it's one thing that you confess it and been forgiven about it, but you don't feel forgiven. Like you still feel this guilt or the shame of something that you carry with you. Now, if you've never been there, you probably haven't lived long enough yet to do that. But all of us at some point in our life, we feel guilty of something we've done or we, we feel shame and we still watch this carry it today with us. How do you break free from that? How do you break free from that broken soundtrack? Will you beat yourself up? Well, you know, you shoulda, coulda, woulda. And it could be a big sin, it could be a little sin, it could be something small, something big, but it doesn't matter. To you, you still carry this guilt or this shame with you. Now, if you remember, we kicked this series off in Genesis chapter three, and I'm gonna go back there real quick. It's not on the screen, but I'm gonna go back there because I wanna share with you that when the devil tempted Eve, she saw the fruit, and the Bible talks about it was good for the body to eat, but it was attractive. It was pleasing to the eye. We talked about physical beauty and inner beauty. And then it talked about she would have the wisdom that comes from eating this. Like she would be like God if she did this. And she would know the story right. She takes a bite of the fruit. She hands it to the man. The man takes a bite of the fruit. But it's this verse that I, I want to share with you in Genesis chapter 3, and it's verse 7. And it says, at that moment, their eyes were open, and they suddenly felt shame. They never experienced guilt or shame in their entire life, obviously. But at this moment... When sin entered into the world, the Bible tells us that they felt guilt and shame for what they did. And here's what happens. And because of this, they were ashamed of their nakedness, so they sewed some fig leaves together and covered themselves up. Because now all of a sudden, their eyes were open and they felt shame. And they felt guilt. And they started carrying this weight of something that they've done. 
And you know the story, God comes and they go and they hide themselves, but that's what guilt does, right? That's what shame does. It wants you to run and hide. In fact, here's some practical things we normally do with guilt or shame, I'm preaching to myself, in our own life. Is first, we try to hide it. We try to hide it as if it's not there, it's no big deal, it's not a big issue. Well, if it's not a big issue, then why is it still bothering you? Why do you still carry something around you did 10, 15, 20 years yesterday? Doesn't matter how much time has been. Why do you still feel like or you still carry this guilt with you or this shame with you? So what do we do? We try to hide it and we act like it's no big deal. Proverbs 28 says this, you will never succeed in life if you try to hide your sins. So we try to hide this. And when we try to hide it and bury the regret, the mistake, the failure, the sin, the problem, here's what happens. It will drain you emotionally. It will have a negative effect on your life. So some of you right now, you still don't know, like, man, pastor, I'm saved, and, and I, you know, I've asked God to forgive me, but I don't feel forgiven. I still feel like I carry this guilt. I wish I could take it back. Here's another thing you do. You've actually confessed it over and over and over and over and over. God, I, just, I was reminded of it again today, and just in case you didn't forgive me, I wanna confess it again. And you find yourself constantly confessing the same sin over and over and over. So what we do, we try to hide it. Second thing we do is we blame other people. We try to blame people. Say, well, if it wasn't for my ex-spouse, and if it wasn't for my boss, and if it wasn't for my parents, my parents, and we blame them. If it wasn't, if the coach just believed, and we blame the coach, or the teacher didn't, and we wanna blame people around us. I mean, we see this all the way back in Genesis chapter three. God comes into the garden and says, hey, Adam, where are you? As if he didn't know where Adam was. Like, I see you behind the bush over there. Like, I, like God didn't know where Adam was. Adam, where are you? Uh, well, I was naked, so I hid myself. Well, let's just talk about that. Who said you were naked? <laughs> you know, did you eat from the tree that I told you not to eat from? Yeah, but that girl, that woman you gave me. You see, we've been passing blame from day one. It's the woman. Now, when you brought her to me, when she was naked, all this stuff, it was great, life was good, but that woman, and he blames the woman. So what does God do? He goes to the woman and said, Eve, what's up, girl? What's going on? How, what, what, what took place? And what does she do? It was the devil, the serpent. And see, listen to this, listen. Guilt and shame, blame, has always been here. You hide from God because when you feel guilty or shameful, you don't go and read your Bible. You start neglecting fellowship with God's family. You really don't wanna do things to talk about to God because you don't feel like he's even listening to you. So what do you do? You run and hide or you blame. Well, it was my ex it was this, and we point fingers at people. I wouldn't have if they would. It's their fault that I, and we, we begin to blame people. Listen, we've been doing this since day one. And if you don't blame, or you don't hide, or you do all three of them, you begin to beat yourself up. I think this is where I fell into this category, this camp. You begin to beat yourself up over and over and over. How could you do that? Why would you do that? And all the, and all the shame and the guilt to relive it over and over. If I could just take it back, if I just do it differently. And it took me 12 years of being a follower of Jesus for this really set into my heart of what it really means to really receive God's grace. I can preach it. I can extend it, but I couldn't receive it. And I, I, and I beat myself up over and over and over and over. And let me tell you something about a guilty conscience. When you have a, a guilty conscience, you feel guilty all the time, it will make you sick. Physically, it will make you sick. 
it will lead you into depression because you feel hopeless. In fact, it would actually affect your life and everyone around you that you are interacting and dealing with. The psalmist in 38 says, my guilt has overwhelmed me like a burden too heavy to bear. All day long I go about in mourning. Have you been at that point that guilt is just like so much you just can't carry? Even Listen, I'm talking to you, even after you confessed it, you still feel it. Because what I realized in my own life is that your feelings will lie to you. My forgiveness ain't based on my feelings. My feelings will lie. Your feelings will lie to you. That's why you always have to put it up towards God's word and see what God's word has to say about what you're going through and definitely about your feelings. But here's the problem about beating yourself up. And some of you don't have to raise your hand, this is you. You beat yourself up over and over and over and over and over. The problem with that is that your conscience doesn't know when to stop. And now you've built this neural pathway, this rut, this broken soundtrack over and over and over because of the guilt, I'm no good, God can never use me, I blew it, I'll never have the marriage, I'll never have the family, I'll never be able to, I'll never be able to afford, and you go all, 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 and it all points back to the guilt of a decision that you made. And you'll beat yourself up over and over and over and your mind doesn't know when to stop. And now you're sitting here going, why does this affect me? That happened 30 years ago, 20 years ago, two weeks ago. Why is this still affecting me? So what are some things you could do about it? Let me give you some couple things you could do and then I'm gonna tell you why we struggle with this. A couple of things, one, Ray, this is very simple. Confess it. Just confess it. Like confess it. Like share with someone, confess it. Like just, just admit that you struggle with this, that I still feel guilty. I know I've, I've, still, I've confessed it and just, just admit because what happens if you don't admit it, you just run from it. You just run from it and you'll try to be a workaholic. You'll try to keep your mind off of it. You'll do stuff and then three months later, you're reminded, three weeks later, you're reminded, a year later, you're reminded or you haven't been reminded in a long time and next thing you know, you come and I'm talking about it and boom, there it comes back up. Oh my gosh, I hadn't thought about it in a long time. Why is I'm thinking about it now? Like now I feel guilty about now. See, that's what the enemy wants to do. But if you just admit it and confess it, it will begin to change your life. I love what Pastor Rick once said. He said, if you wanna be forgiven, confess your sin. If you wanna feel forgiven, confess it to somebody else. You see, a secret revealed has no power over you. And what happens in, in our hearts and our minds when we, in, when we sin and we blow it, and we all have done that, its tentacles run deep down into the roots of our heart and our soul. And so we'll watch a movie, we'll hear a story, we'll see something on Facebook, and it reminds you of something you've done, said, tried, did, whatever it may be, and all of a sudden the shame, the guilt all comes back, and now I feel guilty or shameful for, and you fill in the blank. Watch this, we have all have been there. It has affected every single one of us. But now as a Christian, I've been forgiven. God's forgiven me. Then why do I still feel guilty? Why do I still have shame? Why do I still believe that I'm no good, God can't use me, there's no way I will have, and you fill in the blank. Even though I know I'm a follower of Jesus and he has forgiven me, how come I still feel this way? Well, I love what, I love what James says, we should confess our sins to one another. Find somebody you can confine in and confess, and then obviously you confess it to God, and when we look at 1 John 1, 9, that's, that's one, of the, one of the main verses we're gonna look at, but here's what happens. We begin to beg God, God, will you please forgive me? God's like, I already have. 
but I need to confess it again. You see, when we confess our sins the first time, we're asking God to forgive us, but when we confess it again the second time, as a God, just in case you didn't hear me, just in case you forgot, I'm gonna confess it again, you're doing that for yourself, not for God. Because it, you think it makes you feel better to hear yourself keep confessing it, because if I keep doing it over and over and over, then maybe he will forgive me. And here's the reality, this is the truth of all this. If you still feel guilty and shame after you've already confessed your sin, it's because you do not know how God forgives you. And I know that because this is where I've been. This is where I was when it came to my past. I started confessing, I said, well, I, still, I know I'm forgiven, I preach forgiveness, for heaven's sake. I extend forgiveness, I call people to repentance and give their life to Jesus. I understand, I get this, then how come I couldn't receive it for myself? And at the end of the day, it's because I did not know how God truly forgives. Or we bargain with God. God, if you, I will. God, if you, let's bargain here. If you will show up, then I will. You've all done this, right? We've all made false promises to God. God, if you heal them, I will. God, if you show up, I will. God, if you'll turn my husband, I will. God, if you heal my kid, God, if you fix my kid, I will. And we make all these promises to God. I'll read my Bible, I'll go to church, I'll start tithing, I'll do all the things, I'll start serving, I'll, I'll preach your name to everybody. Like we make all, God, if you, as if bargaining with God is what moves him to answer our prayers, to take away my guilty conscience or the shame that I carry. So we try to bargain with God or we try to bribe him and beg him over and over and over and over and over when really all we need to do is just trust him. See, you can see this. Sin entered into the world, Adam and Eve, they sinned. And because of that, guilt and shame came upon them. Because of that, they go and hide from God because you don't wanna be around God if you feel guilt, shame, dirty, or whatever it may be you're feeling. And then what happens? God comes. He says there's consequences. Now let me just go on the record to make sure we're clear here. There are consequences to your sin. And it's not because, ha, God's like, I'm gonna get back at you. Remember what you did in middle school? It's coming to haunt you now. Like, no, no, like, no, God, God doesn't move that way. God has pre-built in consequences to our sin. It does not mean that you are not forgiven. You could be fully 100% forgiven, and, but you still have to live out the consequences of the sin. And sometimes you feel more guilty of the consequence of the sin, thinking God's punished you because of the consequences, when really that's just the consequence of the choice that you made. There are consequences to sin. And so God said, here's the consequences. You're gonna work, here's what child labor's gonna be, going on and on and on through child pain when you're going to give birth, all the consequences, here's what's gonna happen. But then all of a sudden, and this is what's so beautiful about God, is God already had a plan of redemption. In fact, it's on the screen, but in Genesis chapter three, verse 15, it says, I will cause hostility between you and the woman, he's talking to the serpent, the devil, and between your offspring and her offspring. He will strike your head and you will strike his heel. This is the first place in the entire Bible in Genesis chapter three, we see God's plan for redemption. That God through Eve, through the seed, is gonna send the Messiah, King Jesus. And though the devil is gonna strike him and think he took him out, He's gonna get up out of the grave and, do, and deal the final blow to the enemy and to death. All the way back in Genesis chapter three, verse 15. And then, this is so fast. Most people don't pay attention to this. Then we see in Genesis three, verse 21, listen to what happens. And then the Lord God made clothing from animal skins for Adam and his wife Eve. Now this is so fascinating. So we read this so quickly and we miss 
over miss, missed this, we repassed it so fast. Listen, this is what's so fast about it, that God committed the first sacrifice because without the shedding of blood, there could be no forgiveness of sin. And it's God who goes and sacrificed the animal, his creation, takes the skin and clothes Adam and Eve from their guilt, shame, and their nakedness. And already in Genesis chapter three, we see a beautiful picture of the gospel that God has redeemed mankind through the Lamb of God, his son Jesus, who through the shedding of his blood cleanses us from all unrighteousness. And now because of his death and burial and resurrection, we have now been clothed in the righteousness of Christ. All the way back in Genesis 3, God already had this planned out. And he knew that he was gonna send his son. That even though when we mess up and blow it, there are consequences, don't miss this, there's redemption. And redemption is found only in his son, Jesus. And a lot of times we'll make this statement. I know I'm saved, I'm a believer, but I just don't feel like I'm forgiven. And I only have to ask you to raise your hand. If you've ever been in that ballpark before in your life, if anything, like I know I've confessed, but I just don't know if I'm truly forgiven. And, and here's a great way to understand that you're believing a lie. If you ever wanna hear yourself, how do I know I'm believing a lie? Here's a great way to know it. When you use the word but, I know God's forgiven me, but, but I don't feel. I know God loves me, but. I know God could use me, but. <laughs> I know what the Bible says, but. And the moment you use that word but, it should be a very clear indication that I am believing a lie. That I cannot be trusting in buts. I gotta be trusting in what the Bible has to say. But what? He loves you. But what? He forgives you. But what? There's no other but to it. And the reality when it comes to the guilt that we carry or the shame we carry is this, is that we truly do not understand how God forgives us. And listen, when we grasp this, no one online watching at any of our campuses here today, no one should leave this place with a guilty conscience. No one should walk out of these doors carrying guilt or shame today. It can all be gone. And I'm talking to you if you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus, and I'm talking to you after you've already been saved and you still carry the guilt and shame with you, how can you leave here with that being gone? It's when you grasp what I'm about to share with you, because this radically changed me several, several years ago. It radically changed me when I really took a grip and grasp on what his forgiveness looks like for me. So in the next 11 minutes, we're gonna walk this out. Here we go. Here's the first thing right this. If you want to understand and fully like release this guilt and the shame that you carry from something you've done in your past, and if you have it, you've not lived long enough yet, but you will, it's this. You gotta understand this. Here's how God forgives. God forgives me quickly. God will forgive me instantly. There's no waiting. There's no delaying. It is quick. It's instant. It's now. It's not like God's going, wait, 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 wait. We gotta get together as a trinity. We gotta talk through this a little bit because we already mapped out your whole life and you're gonna commit this sin not only one time, but like one zillion times. And I don't know if we're really ready to truly forgive you just yet. So we gotta talk about this. Should we really, they've confessed, their heart's pure. Should we forgive them? 
No, I'm, I'm, I'm making that up, y'all know. God, God, God forgives me quickly. I love this. Look at 1 John 1, 9. It says, but if, you see that word if? What's if? It's a condition. If, if you confess, if I confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. Boom, drop the mic. Instantly, instantly. There's no delaying, there's no waiting. So watch this. If you have confessed your sin, God had heard you and forgave you instantly, then why do you still carry it? Why do you still feel guilty? Why do you feel like you gotta confess again? Maybe you didn't hear me, God. I'm gonna say it just one more time like because I'm feeling kind of still good. Will you please forgive me? When you understand that God forgives me quickly, he's not saying I'm gonna let you suffer for a while. I'm just gonna let you struggle in it for a while. I'm gonna let you waller in your sin for a little bit because you really blew it this time. You've taken advantage of my grace. And you really, no, 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 I think I'm gonna delay forgiveness for a while for you. No, 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 God don't operate that. Watch this. Today, if you will confess your sin, he will forgive you quickly, instantly, right now. Who would not want that? I mean, I mean, just, I mean being real, who would, who would neglect that? Who would not want that? But it's this next one that really just, I mean, this one what really just kind of, one of the big things that sealed the deal for me. It's not only that God forgives me instantly and quickly, but watch this, God forgives me completely. Now this one will change your life if you grasp it. That God forgives me completely. When you get this, this, I'm telling you, this can change your life if you would just let this sink into your heart and your soul that God, forgive me partially, half of my life, part of my life, just my past, that God has forgiven me 100% completely. My past sins, the one you did on the day to church, the ones you'll do after church, completely. Look at this verse Colossians chapter two, Paul writes this. You were dead. You can't make dead things come to life. You were, I was, watch this, dead. Why was I dead? Of your sins. And because of your sinful nature was not yet cut away. It was still ingrained in you. You were dead in your sin and there's nothing you can do. But then watch this. Then God made you. God made you. You can't make yourself alive. You can't come to church enough, read your Bible enough, pray enough, give enough, serve enough. You can't make yourself. It's God who made you. Watch this. God made you come alive with Christ for he forgave all our sins. Everybody say all. What's that mean? See, every sin you've ever committed in your life was all future on the cross because you've not even committed them yet. And when Jesus died on the cross and he paid for all sins, he paid for all sins that you would do for the rest of your life before you even done them, he already paid the debt. Now watch this. This is where it really hopefully will sink in. Verse 14. He canceled the record of the charges against you. Now, let me stop for a moment. Your translation may say, he canceled the certificate of debt. Now I want you to imagine this with me just for a moment. Imagine this with me. Imagine that when you were born, when you got your birth certificate, 
they also handed you a certificate of every single sin you will commit your entire life. For some of us, I don't know if it'd be enough paper. Come on now. Imagine that. You have a beautiful baby boy. Here's a birth certificate. Also, here's a certificate of all the sins that he will commit for his entire life. And imagine you have this debt, this certificate. It's the debt. That's what sin is. Sin is a debt. And you have to make up for all these sins. You have to figure out a way to pay this debt off. Like, I'm sorry, bro, but even Dave Ramsey can't help you on this one. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you ain't gonna, this one's. And for the rest of your life, you have to carry the certificate of debt of something that you can never, ever, ever repay. From the day you were born. And you're reminded of this every single day. I can't earn enough. I can't be good enough. How am I gonna cancel this debt? I am in so much debt, there's no way I can pay my way out. That's what happened to you. You have a sin debt that there's nothing you could do to ever pay it back. And God knew that. So look what happens. He canceled, he canceled it. God canceled it. He took the debt that you can never repay and he canceled it and he took it away, your debt certificate, and look what it did. He nailed it to the cross. That's every single sin you would ever commit in your entire life has been nailed to the cross. See, when you understand, when you give your life to Jesus and you confess your sins, he's forgiven you completely of every sin you have ever committed in your life. And here's what that means. Well, if I forgive all my sins and I can just go live how I want, sin as much as I want. You know they asked the Apostle Paul that question? And in the book of Romans, you know what the Apostle Paul says? By no means. Where sin abounds, grace abounds the more. But you shouldn't sin more so God can show his grace more because here's what the Apostle Paul says. You can never out God's grace. There is no one here who is too far gone who has such a significant debt of sin in their life that God's grace cannot forgive and cover. You can't out God's grace. Now knowing that, how should we live? That does not make me want to run to sin because I know his grace covers me. That makes me want to live and run away from sin because he's completely forgiven me. And when you understand that when you confess your sin, he forgives you on the spot and he's completely forgiven you, I'm telling you what, that will change your life if you let that just sink down into your soul. Here's the third thing, God also forgives me constantly. Over and over and over. Over and over and over. When you got saved, have you sinned still? Oh, look at you sitting like a halo on. I see you, like, come on, we all blow it, right? And you find yourself really sometimes the same sin over and over and over. It's kind of the one, it's the bait that the enemy knows he hooks you with. It's like, oh, we already got this guy. Let's throw the chartreuse color out. It don't matter what the color of the water is. He always goes for this one. And he knows your hot button. And Satan knows the one that trips you up the most. And you know what I'm talking about. It's like, hey, God, it's me again. Yeah, I said it again. God, I tried it again. God, I looked at it again. God, I did it again. You know, you know the one that gets you. And so does the enemy. And it's God knowing he forgives me instantly and completely. What's it? He forgives me 
constantly. I love this. Look at verse, look at verse nine here. But if we confess our sins, condition, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. That word cleanse, I wanna focus on that. It says that he cleanses us. I love this, this, this when, when, when I discovered this, I don't know, 12, 15 years ago, I can't remember exactly. This one was just so, so good. Because in the Greek, this word cleanse, the verb, how it's written, it's in an aorist tense, which means this. It is something that happens to you. So cleansing is something that happens to you. And the aorist tense means you can't make it happen. It's done to you. So to be cleansed from all unrighteousness is something that has to happen to me. And the more I thought, how many of us struggle our whole life trying to cleanse ourselves? If I just become a better person, if I just be good, if I just read my Bible, if I just go to church, if I just tithe, if I just serve, if I just get in a group, if I just, you know, just try to be a good moral person, then maybe I'll be cleansed. We've tried our best to cleanse ourselves, And the way the text is written, you can't cleanse yourself. It's not by your works that you're saved. It's not by your works that you're kept saved. It's not by your works that makes you good. Your works can't work your way to heaven or work yourself right with God. God knew that. So he sends his son for you, for me. Now watch this. Cleansing is an aorist tense verb that means someone is causing it to happen to you. It's done unto you. And then it's in the present tense. It's the active verb, which means this. Being in the present means it's constant. When it's in the present, it means it's constantly happening because it's present. It's con right now, it's happening because it's in the present. It's constant. This is so beautiful. As a follower of Jesus, when I gave my life to him, God picked me up out of the muck and the mire. He cleansed me. And he placed me and adopted me into his family. He wrote my name in the Lamb's book of life that can never be blotted out. He put the Holy Spirit within me as a guaranteed seal of a deposit that I'm coming back for you, Ephesians chapter one tells us. And then we are in the hands of Jesus and he is in his father's hands. We got like triple security here. And according to 1 John 1, 9, you know what he does to me? It's God who's the aorist tense. It is God who constantly in the present cleanses me, how? By the blood of Jesus. And it's the blood of Jesus, me putting my faith and trust in him that constantly cleanses me that makes me right with God, not my works, not my goodness, but what he did on the cross. And when we get that, that God forgives me instantly, constantly, completely, listen, when the enemy, how do I know that it's from the enemy? Because if you feel guilty of a sin you've already confessed, that is not from God, it's from the devil. 
And He has lied to so many people for some of us, watch this, for years upon years upon years. And you've carried this guilt and shame of something you've confessed because the devil has lied to you. How God truly forgives. And when you get this, this will change your life. I know, because it did mine. Not only does it forgive me instantly and completely and constantly. I love this. Look at Isaiah 55, 7. Let the wicked change their ways and banish the very thought of doing wrong. Let them turn to the Lord that he may have mercy on them. Yes, turn to our God for he will forgive you generously. Which leads to the last point, that God forgives us generously. You know, you never come to the point in your life where like God's like, ah, you done capped out the sin measurement. Like, you, you, there's no more. You, you've sinned so much, you've done it so much, you're capped, man. Like, my grace has just ran out. Like, I told you, how, how many times you forgive people when they ask Jesus? Like, 70 times seven? Like, you're 490, it's like 491 now, we've run out of forgiveness, we're done. When you understand that God is merciful, slow to patient, to be patient, he's very slow with patient, and his kindness and his mercy, and you understand that when I confess my sin, it's instant, it's completed, it's constantly, watch this, and it's generously, which means it'll never run out. That will change your life. And we see this happen all the way in Genesis 3. God provided a way. And we see it right now with his son Jesus that God has provided a way. And so what I'll encourage you to do is that none of us today should leave here carrying guilt or shame. If you're a follower of Jesus, listen, you've been lied to by the enemy. What has God spoken to you today when it comes to receiving how he's forgiven you? If you've never given your life to Jesus, listen to me. Why would you neglect it? Why would you walk away from the only person who can forgive all your sin debt? Because you'll never be good enough to do that. The only person who can take away all your sin is Jesus. And the sad thing is today, all over our planet, people will deny and reject him and they'll keep their sin debt on their back and they'll carry it to the grave, which will send them straight to hell. Who would neglect such a great salvation? I'm gonna ask you just for a moment, just to bow your head and would you just reflect for a moment? What has God spoken to you today? What does he say to you? Where was your aha moment? And if you're a follower of Jesus and you've confessed it, listen, you've been forgiven. You're his daughter, you're his son, 
I promise you, he doesn't want you to walk around in guilt and shame. That guilt and shame is not from him. We just sang, where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And today, if you've never given your life to Jesus, you can do that right now. You can say, Jesus, I believe. I believe you came for me. I believe you died for me. And I believe you got up out of the grave for me. Take all my sin. Take all my guilt. Take all my shame. And I give it to you. And if that's you, just in a moment, your host or campus pastor, they're gonna come out and they're gonna share with you your next steps. God, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for how real and relevant it is to our lives. God, thank you for your grace and your mercy. Thank you that you cancel all of our debt never repay and God it's my prayer today that your child your children Lord will leave here today guilt free shame free because they recognize and see how much you love them and how you forgive them and God I pray for the person who don't know you I pray that you would draw them to yourself that they would see your love and your grace and your mercy It's in your, your name we ask and we pray in Jesus' name, amen.